0: been a tyrant uh, like you wouldn't believe over the past couple of years so I did a little bit of research on tyranny and I did a little bit of research on tyrants uh, the history of tyrants and I thought it'd be kind of interesting I'm drawing kind of a parallel to the kind of things that we've been seeing around the world so first of all I want to start out with the definition of tyranny as I found on the internet unjust Or oppressive governmental power, a government in which a single ruler is vested with absolute power, the office, authority, or just jurisdiction of an absolute ruler. So let's talk a little bit about some well known tyrants of the past and examples of the unjust and oppressive tactics they used to control people through fear. We've all heard of a guy named Adolf Hitler. The reason I mention him is because many of his tactics have been used by tyrants everywhere, including the modern-day tyrants such as MLG, Justin Trudeau, Malcolm Turnbull, Gavin Newsom, and our own Joe Biden, to name a few. Before anybody says I'm making light of how horrible Adolf Hitler was, I want to clarify the point I'm making here. I'm using Hitler as an example to point out that this is where things can go if you let a tyrant totally run amok and get out of control. Hitler controlled the masses by creating a terror state. He achieved this by using several organizations to impose intimidation and brutality, which made the German people too scared to violate Nazi laws. I compared this to our ever-growing federal government, which includes many departments, agencies, and bureaus. I talked about this last week. Filled with thousands of unelected bureaucrats, all of these people blindly follow orders as cogs in a machine that is becoming ever more tyrannical by the day. These agencies include a number of three-letter organizations, such as the FBI. Remember how they've been raiding people's homes in the middle of the night, people that are just harmless, they're not violent, and yet they choose to raid them in the middle of the night, uh, nearly break down their door, and drag them out of their home uh, to, in- to humiliate them. And even sometimes the mainstream news is there to uh, document the whole thing, kind of like it's all coordinated. So that includes the CIA, the NSA, the DOD, the DHS, the DEA, the EPA, the DOE, and the IRS has become pretty tyrannical themselves. <clears> One <throat> of Hitler's organizations was the SS, or, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Schutzstaffel which was originally Hitler's elite personal bodyguard. It grew into a formidable formidable private army made up of fanatical supporters of Hitler. He used them as his execution squad to eliminate his opponents. By 1934, the SS had been put in charge of securing Germany from internal and external enemies. They controlled the concentration camps where undesirable people were imprisoned. These included groups of people who the Nazis had deemed either dangerous to the state, to Nazi policies, or were to be eradicated from society. These enemies included political opponents, criminals, gypsies, Jews, and certain religious figures. Life in the concentration camps was extremely harsh. Prisoners were made to work in horrendous conditions. When reports of what prisoners experienced leaked out to the general population, Increased fear of being arrested was greatly increased. This helped the Nazis keep most citizens at bay for fear of also being hauled away. This brings to my mind the gulags currently being used in Washington, D.C. to lawlessly imprison January 6th pr- uh, protesters for simply speaking out and being president at the U.S. Capitol last year. The conditions of these political prison camps are unthinkable. Marjorie Taylor Greene went there and could barely get in, and she witnessed it herself. In a letter from Nate DeGrave, which is currently being held there, cited by Representative Louie Gomert of Texas, Nate stated, We experience racism from many guards on a daily basis, being the only white Republicans in the entire jail. The false narrative has been passed around the jail and to corrections officers officers, that we are white supremacists. We are not. The inmate population is predominantly black, so we are at risk being here because of this false narrative. The guards are mostly liberal migrants from Africa who have been conditioned to hate us and hate America. January Sixers have been mocked, beaten, and ridiculed by guards for singing the National Anthem. The corrections officers despise our politics and the love we have for this country. At one point, an officer even yelled, and I can't say the word, F America, you know what I'm talking about, and threatened to lock us down for a week if we attempted to sing the National Anthem again. During this scandemic, we have also witnessed preachers being threatened and even arrested. I've met one of them personally in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've talked to him, talked to about him numerous times, and he held his ground. He kept his church open. They came, they arrested him, they hauled him away to, da- to jail. Him being the good preacher he is, he, uh, while he was there, he preached to the prisoners. He preached to the prison guards. He brought some people to Christ, and when they got out of jail, they're now attendees at his church. Attempts to divide us by claiming white people are all racist, bigoted homophobes. We now see the purveyors of hate creating division between vaxxed and unvaxxed and mask and unmask. This is all a scheme to create enemies that can later be rounded up and eliminated. Next was the SD, and I'm going to try to pronounce this word, but boy, German is tough. Sistureheizdienst. I hope I got that right which was the Nazi party's intelligence and security service, under the command of Heinrich Himmler and Reinhard Heinrich, that name Heinrich, it just reminds me of something in New Mexico, (laughs) the SD aimed to keep every individual in Germany under constant supervision. After the Reichstag fire, the SD started compiling a card index of Nazi opponents. They could arrest and imprison anyone and worked on the assumption that suspects were guilty once imprisoned it was difficult for anyone to prove their innocence kind of sounds like them january 6ers that have been held without bail without due process in washington dc imagine the sd would have imagine if the sd would have had the access to today's technology which includes security cameras almost everywhere satellites cell phones with gps and cameras with mics computer algorithms to track your digital activity, new automobiles and trucks equipped with GPS, remote tracking, and even auto-drive systems. It is literally nearing the day when if the government deems you the enemy, if you either have your cell phone with you or are in your car, the government can order someone from any number of agencies to go pick you up. If you're in your car, the government could literally lock you in and remotely drive you to any location they want for the purpose of apprehending you. Now, thanks to the Rona fear, the government has subdued people to the point in which they will allow anything to be injected into their bodies without even questioning what it is. Maybe they will start injecting GPS trackers so that they can track you and pick you up without the need of a cell phone. This technology already exists. A lot of people don't realize that. It's already out there. Just think how this injected chip thing could go. There's talk of a vax passport, a coin shortage, and a push towards a government digital currency. I can see this already. The government is going to push this as a way to get back to normal. It will be convenient because you won't need to carry a driver's license, social security card, credit cards, or ATM cards. The chip could even contain all your medical records and monitor your vitals, just in case you were in an accident. How about even containing your social social credit score? You heard talk about that. That's really scary. After all, this is for your safety and convenience because the government cares about you. You'll be able to verify your vac status with a wave of your hand. With social media apps, you will also know where your friends and family are. Parents will always know where their children are, and so will the government. What would this all mean to the government? They will always know where you are. They will have access to all your medical records. The government will know everything about you all in one convenient little package. They will have total control of your ability to buy and sell, be able to track every single financial transaction, and have total access to your money. I can see that if this first vax thing is allowed to stand and people do not stand up and say no, that this will be justification to inject anything they want into you. Your body will no longer be your own. Wouldn't Adolf Hitler have loved to hire me as his technical advisor? The SD was also responsible for tracking foreign opposition to the Nazis. This included censoring media. Here again, I see an unsettling parallel to what is going on today with mainstream news and big tech social media. Remember how the Biden administration talked about how they were going to help Facebook ensure information was adequately fact checked? Jen Psaki also remarked that if a user is banned from one platform for providing misinformation, that user should be banned from all others. Isn't the media supposed to be the watchdog over the government? Since today's mainstream media seems to be just a propaganda arm of the government, many people count on sharing information through social media. This seems to have escalated during the presidency of Donald Trump, since he would speak directly to the people through Twitter, at least until Twitter canceled him. Social media has become very politicized by those that run the big tech companies. Algorithms have been developed to shape the way people think, by promoting some information and suppressing or all-out blocking other information. Have you seen how Facebook no longer deletes your posts? Instead, labels are attached to posts they deem false, partly false, misleading, or missing context. I believe this is done so that rather than simply censor your information and delete it, they can discredit it. So I was wondering, who exactly is deciding what information we are going to be allowed to see according to the Biden administration? Who exactly are these fact-checkers that have been utilized? I found an interesting article in the Epic Times concerning these so-called fact-checkers. Facebook refers to its army of fact-checkers as Independent. One of these so-called independent fact-checkers is a company known as Lead Stories, which is partly paid through a partnership with TikTok, a social media platform ran by a Chinese company that that owes its allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. TikTok, which has been probed by U.S. officials as a national security threat, Additionally, the organization that's supposed to oversee the quality of fact-checkers is run by the Poyntner Institute, another TikTok partner, also ran by the CCP. So now we move on to the Gestapo, the Nazi secret police. It played a crucial role in Germany's internal security. During the past couple of years in New Mexico, we have seen our tiny tyrant in Santa Fe using the state police in a similar way. The state police work under the direction of the governor and not an elected county sheriff. We have witnessed the state police and other state agencies run by appointees of the governor used to threaten small businesses into complying with illegal, unconstitutional mandates. MLG referred to us that we're not complying with her mandates as QAnon lizard people. I got news for you, tiny tyrant. We just embraced that. We we're proud lizard people. I've got a lizard uh, I keep in my car in the dash, just to just to prove that. <laughs> in Nazi Germany, over 150,000 informants throughout the country would report any anti-Nazi feeling to the Gestapo. The Gestapo and informants did not wear uniforms so Germans did not know when they were being spied on. Many ordinary Germans also informed on one another for personal gain or out of jealousy. This created tension and fear throughout the country. In New Mexico over the past couple of years, we have seen our governor set up snitch lines for people to turn in their neighbors and businesses that were not complying with mandates. Businesses have been threatened by the governor to have their business and liquor licenses revoked unless they complied and also acted as mask police for the governor to force their customers to also comply. Businesses were also told to collect contact tracing information. And demand that customers provide their names and phone numbers in order to be allowed to continue doing business. I just kinda wonder some of those businesses I visit, I, I wonder if they ever tried to call Jenny because I gave them that number. You know, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. That's the number they got from me. Our governor has been working to turn New Mexicans against each other. After all, if you divide people, they're much easier to control. Members of the Gestapo had powers to arrest and detain those people who were considered enemies of the state or the Nazi party. These preventative arrests were carried out separately from judicial control. Those who were arrested were often violently treated prior to release or imprisonment. Gestapo tactics included murder and torture of the prisoners. We have that same version going on in in Washington, D.C., where people are being held under inhumane conditions in gulag style prisons without bail, without a speedy trial, by a jury of their peers, without due process and cut off from visitation from their loved ones. As far as we know nobody's been murdered in our prisons by the government, although a lot of people are still questioning what really happened to Jeffrey Epstein. In 1939 the Reich Security Head Office was formed. This amalgamated the Gestapo and the SD under the leadership of the SS. Heinrich Himmler, the head of the SS, was also in charge of the police. This meant no one investigated the crimes committed by the Nazis. Hmm. Been hearing about the talk lately about uh, John Durham, in which uh, this thing that's been dragged out on the stuff that's obvious to so many of us, that the Hillary Clinton campaign was, in fact, spying on the Trump campaign. And and, and what they did was, like, so much worse than Watergate, and yet the the left is just kind of sweeping it under the rug. Special people's courts made sure that opponents of the Nazis charged with treason were found guilty, even if there was little or no evidence. Judges had to swear an oath of loyalty to the Nazis, This gave the Nazis greater power over the sentencing of political enemies and those deemed to be criminals. What we basically see here is that the Nazi party ran everything, no due process, no accountability, and every agency simply followed the will of the Nazi party. We've seen over the past couple of years, the president and governors in in our country, as well as other world leaders all over the world issuing mandates, decrees, and executive orders without any legislative due process to reflect the will of the people. This has all been done under the guise of a pandemic emergency in which all laws, processes, freedom, and liberty are suspended. Lastly, there was the army under the direction of the Nazi party. The army became a visible presence in everyday German life flags, symbols, and uniformed troops on the streets all created a clear impression of the power of the Nazi government. Together with the use of informants, this made people very cautious in raising any opposition to the Nazi policy or rule. I love her military and I know a lot of veterans. I believe in this country that they would never serve a tyrannical government and turn against we the people. I hope I am right other tyrants such as Joseph Stalin created intentional food shortages to literally starve certain elements of the population to death. And we're seeing a lot of shortages right now. We we have seen where this current president has intentionally we were we were we were energy independent. Now we're not anymore. He intentionally created a foreign dependency in which we now rely on Russia for oil and energy and China we're seeing food shortages in the stores. We're seeing empty shelves. We're seeing gas prices that have nearly doubled. What, what president that loves our country and actually is there to serve the people would create these conditions intentionally? And, and not only that, but opening up the borders and just letting illegals just flood over the borders by the thousands. I mean, their, mil- their, their numbers in this country are now in the millions of how many that are here, and we have no idea where they are. We have no idea who they are, what they're going to do. The reason I point out events in history is because we can use it as a lesson of how, if a certain set of circumstances exist, certain outcomes can be expected. Human nature doesn't change. Given the opportunity, some people are capable of great evil. As the old saying goes, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is why we have checks and balances in this country. This is why the Founding Fathers created three branches of government. This is why we, the people, are on the top of the power structure, or at least we're supposed to be, unless people voluntarily give up that power. We often hear how the enemies of freedom often use Alinsky tactics as a weapon against us, one of their favorite tactics to utilize is the use of constant pressure. And they certainly be doing that. The idea here is that eventually, they will wear you down until you give up and comply. As freedom-loving Americans and New Mexicans, we can use that same tactic against them. We can keep up the pressure of constant non-compliance. Eventually, the tyrants and those that are supporting them will grow tired and give up. Look at the shining example of this happening with the Canadian truckers. They've been holding the line at the border and at the Canadian capital. Others have been rising up to support them with fuel, firewood, food, volunteering time to cook, and gathering at the rally points with them to show their support. I love how people have showed up with gas cans when the government stole their donated fuel from the base camp in Ottawa. As a result of their courage and sacrifice, concessions are being made by the government and cities across the country. They're removing the mandates. This is the power of peaceful noncompliance. Another Alinsky quote to remember is, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. Our enemies are trying to control us through fear and intimidation. You're not alone. There's a lot of us. There are more of us than there are of them. You know, this fear and intimidation, they've kept up this pressure of the fear and intimidation for a couple of years, well, going on over two years now. Yesterday I was out in uh, Socorro, and I went to a restaurant there, and I was almost the only person there not wearing a mask. They weren't enforcing any kind of mask mandate. I don't even think they even had a sign on the door. Yet, people have been so conditioned that now they just do it without thinking about it. And they, you know, they, they, their brain has just like been rewired, I think. And now it's like just putting on their clothes. Everyone, well, got to put on my mask. I want to conclude my o- open with a few quotes by Mahatma Gandhi. By the way, Mahatma stands for great leader and Martin Luther King, Jr. Mahatma Gandhi quotes, civil disobedience becomes a sacred duty when the state has become lawless or corrupt. And a citizen who barters with such a state shares in its corruption and lawlessness. So when you comply with the tyrants, you're giving them power. Civil disobedience is not only the natural right of a people, especially when they have no effective voice in their own government, but that it is also a substitute for violence or armed rebellion. Through peaceful noncompliance, we can avoid this becoming violent. We just simply, all of us get together and say, no, I'm not going to comply, I'm not going to do that. What are they going to do, arrest all of us? Another thing he said was disobedience that is wholly civil should never provoke retaliation. I think that's true. Now, some quotes from Martin Luther King, Jr. We who engage in nonviolent direct action are not the creators of tension. We merely bring to the surface the hidden tension that is already alive. And I I became convinced that non-cooperation with evil is as much a moral obligation as is cooperation with good. And the last one, of course, there is nothing new about this kind of civil disobedience. It was seen sublimely in the refusal of Shadrach, Masach, and uh, Abednego to obey the laws of Nebuchadnezzar because a higher moral law was involved. It was practiced superbly by the early Christians who were willing to face hungry lions and the excruciating pain of chopping blocks before submitting to certain unjust laws of the Roman empire so the reason i share this stuff with you guys is i'm not trying to be judgmental and i'm not trying to judge you on your level of what you're doing to push back i you know i've been very vocal about my level of Com- non-compliance, which has been total. I've had total non-compliance. That's me. I mean, that's that's the kind of person I am. I can do that. I I, I just say no, I'm not going to do it. And and not only that, but I've I'm in a situation in which I'm self-employed. I've got a little bit more flexibility. But one thing I want to point out is these truckers in Canada. They're a lot of these guys have sacrificed everything. They've lost their jobs. They've been fired by the trucking companies they were working for. They've got their families with them. And they're living in the truck. And they're protesting as a family. They're putting everything on the line. So how much can you put on the line?